When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Man, middle of the week already. <laughs> Fourth of July weekend. Damn, we're rolling into the football season. Good afternoon, all. Dan Cilio here on the National Football Show, the fastest growing show in broadcasting. I say that with great respect. Man, the amount of people that have been rolling onto the show, we so appreciate everybody coming aboard the show and all the people that chime in, share the show, like the show. We really appreciate you guys, man. Each and every single day, 4 to 6 Eastern time, right here on the Jacob Media Channel, the National Football Show. We thank you so much. All right, Power Pack Show again. Just in a couple minutes, we're going to talk to Jerry DiNardo. He's part of the Big Ten broadcast. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, Jim Harbaugh. Is it going to be finally the year? By the way, Jerry DiNardo played at Notre Dame. I've got to get to the bottom line here. I had Joe Montana on my national radio show a couple months ago. And when I brought the movie Rudy up, I got to tell you, man, Joe Montana just started laughing. Well, guess what? He was also on that team that they depicted in that movie, Rudy. And I I can't wait to talk to Jerry. I just found that out this morning when somebody told me that uh, I was having him on. He said, hey, ask him about Rudy. So I'm going to ask him about Rudy, the Big Ten. We'll talk to the former Indiana and LSU head football coach here in a couple minutes. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to, how would you like to own this? Are you ready? I want your full attention here. How would you like to have four Super Bowl rings, a bronze star, a purple heart to your resume? The legendary Rocky Blyer from those legendary Pittsburgh Steeler teams. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll ask him about Mike Tomlin. We'll ask him about why the Pittsburgh Steelers are the gold standard when it comes to stability in the National Football League. And he's a very interesting man. Then at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, we will talk to Rick Doc Walker, who covers the Washington team thing. I really have a problem still saying that. To me, they'll always be the Redskins. But, hey, we have to be politically correct today. You know, so the Washington team, sure, that makes all of you feel better. We're all good on that. All right, let's move on here. So what I like to do each and every single day, I'm a sports freak, okay? I I, I just love all sports. I really do. I love competition. I love competing. I love the fact, by the way, I got to show you this, and I want all of you to know this. This includes my boys, Krause, Cal, Big Joe, When you have a free moment, Google this. 
Who is the most hated team in American sports history? Do you know what will pop up? It'll pop up Sports Illustrated. And a couple of years back, my 1986 Hurricanes team was voted by Sports Illustrated as the most hated team in American sports. That's above the LeBron James Heatles. How about those Flyers teams? The Pistons bad boys. All those legendary teams like the Yankees back in the day, the 78 Yankees. My team was voted the most hated team. And do you know every time that I see that, I go like this, thank you, God. What a great merit badge. The trash talking that people did to us. Wearing, How about this? We wore camouflage off an airplane. And we were getting ready to play a bowl game. And we had actual Tommy guns and machine guns and hand grenades that we got from like an Army-Navy store. We're walking off an airplane to get ready to play Penn State in camouflage gear. I black and everything. I'm walking off, man. I got like bullets on me. And I, I, I look like some common Cheryl, man. I'm ready to go, man. I'm let, let's go get these guys. I'm walking off, man. They're putting a microphone in front of me. I'm doing, hey, by the way, I can't even believe I do this job because back then I hated everybody who stuck a mic in my face. I remember one time, man, somebody put a mic in my face. I like bit off the, like, the mic head. And I'm like, hey, get that thing out of here, man. We're the Miami Hurricanes. So back in the day, <laughs> I can't believe I was even that dude. And I love the fact that that's a merit badge. Well, last night I'm watching, you know, I think it's the best pregame show there is when it comes to covering sports, and that is the NBA on TNT. Ernie and Shaq and Charles Barkley. Man, I love that. I, I just, I, I love that pregame. And you know what Barkley was saying? I'm going to paraphrase this because I can do it only like Big Sills can. Man, what you shut up? I'm so sick and tired of how these athletes moan and cry over criticism. I guess Paul George is moaning and crying because, you know, he calls himself playoff P. And you're like, I'm like, playoff P? You know what a playoff P means to me? Are you consistent every night? That 41 you threw up uh, the other night, man, I don't see that on a consistent basis from you, dog. I, I don't. I see you become Casper to go sometimes. And so Barkley was like, shut up, dude. When you get better and you're a superstar, you got criticism. That's a merit badge. That is an absolute merit badge. When people are criticizing you and they expect great things from you, don't look at that as something that you would just, like, put your head between your tail and go hide. That means you're relevant. You know, in my business broadcasting today, when people are dogging big sales on social media or whatever, that, that's a great – I look at that as a merit badge. Thank you. Honestly, I say this every day. Thank you. Oh, you hate me? Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I love that. We were just talking about my friend Howard Eskin in Philly. People hate that, dude. But you know what I tell – and Howard always told me. He goes, hey, dog, if they hate you, they're talking about you. And that's all that matters is that you're relevant. Dude, it's a merit badge, like I said. And Barkley's right. Dude, shut up, man. You know, you, you get paid $35 million a year. You get paid $500,000 a night. Five hundred grand a night, bro. Dude, act like it. 
and criticism is going to come your way. Okay? It is. It's going to come your way. But take it with a grain of salt, man. That means people are expecting massive things. Hey, you know, Paul George is sitting in Indiana, and nobody expects anything out of the guy. You know when he was torturing the the Indi- uh, the Miami Heat teams with LeBron James and Bosh and Wade on it, and he was just, like, torturing those teams? Nobody expected anything of him then. Then he goes to the Clippers and he signs that max deal. You're making $35 million. All of a sudden, he and he gets kicked up here, man. They expect you to show up each and every single night. You know, I, I have a headline that I had when I was back in college. Cilio backs his big mouth up against Oklahoma. I was talking so much trash that week that if I didn't play great against the Sooners, I should post that, baby. I love that. It's one of my favorite of all-time headlines. Cilio backs his big mouth up. That's exactly the headline. I'm going to post that bad puppy. And because I, we destroyed them. 28 to 10. We killed that team. And I was talking every bit of trash on that team as much as I could. Brian Bosworth, the most overrated player in the history of college football, what have you, all that. I was doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. As you could tell, I talked trash then. And, hey, it's not because I'm in broadcasting now that I talk trash. I've been talking trash for over 40 years. It ain't just because of broadcasting. I was born to talk trash. I was born to play on them rock star hurricane teams. So I loved Barkley last night. Man, just shut up and stop crying. Go out there and win games. People are expecting you to. I love that. All right. Let's transition into this. Look, the college football season is going to be a very, very, I think, competitive season this year because you know what the coolest thing is going to be? All the conferences are going to be playing. You're going to see the fans in the stands, and it is going to be, without a doubt, I think one of the most anticipated years when it comes to college football that we've had in a long time because we're coming out of this pandemic. I think you're going to see record-breaking ratings. I think you're going to see phenomenal teams because remember something also. What the pandemic did a year ago, it allowed some of these kids who were five-year seniors and redshirt seniors to actually come back on a waiver because of the pandemic. So some of these teams that you may not know like are going to be bringing back a lot of experienced football teams on some teams around the country that you're not going to know, and some of these teams are going to jump up and surprise you. We saw a team out of the Big Ten last year, Indiana. They're bringing a lot of their guys back. Indiana hasn't really been relevant since the late 60s, and I think that was like their only Rose Bowl appearance was back in the late 60s, and I think it was against OJ's USC team. And last year, they had a really good year, man. I mean, that football team looks like it's on its way to becoming at least a player in the Big Ten. I don't know if they're going to be a contender for the Big Ten championship, but I think they're going to be a player now because they're starting to get some talent into that, into that organization and into that program. The Big Ten has, in my opinion, the second best programs in the country next to the Southeastern Conference. I think that the Pac-12 used to be one of the Tiffany conferences, but because of the time difference, I think because of the lack of what Larry Scott, the commissioner for that conference for numerous years, was not able to do, 
he was never able to really sell it to the public. And the fact that they always use Southern Cal as a bell cow for them to be able to sell that conference has been a problem now because if USC's not good, everybody looks at the Pac-12 and does this. Well, I don't know if it's a very good conference, even though Washington and Oregon are two fine football programs. Oregon's one of the Tiffany programs now in the country because of the economic dollars that Phil Knight from Nike pumps into that program. There's no coincidence that Nike has now become a massive player in that program's success, both college basketball and college football-wise. That's the hub of Nike. And Oregon now is starting to benefit from that relationship with Nike. Let me tell you, man, when, it, when, it, when a program like that comes knocking on your door and you know that there's economic opportunities for you to be able to go and potentially make some money now because of your likeness, and because now this 12-team playoff is going to give players an opportunity, well, guess what, man? I mean, that's a place that you want to maybe put your name and get an opportunity to play. So make no mistake about it. All right, we're going to try to effort our friend Jerry DiNardo here and get his comments because, like I said, he works for the Big Ten Network. Um. Jerry is a former head football coach, does a great job with that network, and make no mistake about it, last year was one of maybe the most turbulent years for that conference. You know, they, they initially were not going to play. Then they were going to come back into the fall and play. Then they were going to start it up. Then they were going to come back again, and they there was so much influx and how they were able to really go out and really decide whether or not they were going to move forward. I think politically a lot of politics played into this. And I think without a doubt the politics played into the fact that they were so inconsistent last year. And there were a lot of people saying, should Ohio State even be in the conversation for a national championship last year? So I, it was a rough year for them. The amount of money that was lost in all of those programs was monumental, too. So think about that for a minute, the amount of money. You know, I was talking to our friend uh, Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight, and he was told that a program like Michigan State lost like $70 million just off of their football program alone. And when you're talking that kind of money, and there's 14 Big Ten programs that are in that conference, man, you're talking about a couple billion dollars worth of economic loss. How are they going to recover as they move forward into 2021 season? Recruiting was affected. Uh, television obviously was affected. The perception of the conference was um, obviously thought of on whether or not they had the right leadership at the helm. I mean, it was really... I, I had massive issues with how they waffled back and forth because of the politics. You have to remember something about the Big Ten. The Big Ten is in Democrat country. Majority of those programs are in Democrat states. And when I was talking about this a couple days ago, when you have politics involved with an institution, especially when the amount of money that's being generated by some of these programs like Michigan and Ohio State, and to some extent, programs like Iowa, you're going to have a lot of influence from politicians on whether or not you should start up. Remember, they didn't even want to have students 
going into the schools, they wanted to do a lot of it Zoom conference, which meant this. A lot of the players couldn't even show up to campus. So this coming year, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. And by the way, there's a lot of great storylines for this conference this year. Jim Harbaugh is a great one. Who would have ever really thought that John Harbaugh was going to be the guy who was going to maybe end up being the better Harbaugh head coach, right? Turn, turns out that as of right now, as good as Jim was in San Francisco, uh, Jim was awesome at San Francisco. I think he was 41-19-1 and 19 and one as a head football coach in the National Football League. And, you know, look at John, what he's doing in Baltimore. John's turning out to be the better head football coach here. So, again, we're trying to effort our friend Jerry DiNardo here and get his comments here on what this conference will turn out to be. Okay. You know, something else that popped up last night, too, and obviously the injury to Giannis. When you're talking about injuries, most people think it's because that you play and you play too much that you tire your body out. That's never been the case when it comes to injuries in sports. Activity is what stops and prevents injuries. The more active you are, the more you keep your body moving, the more ability you have on being able to, again, okay, keep your body active and not get injured. LeBron James is suggesting that the injury to Giannis last night, who fell poorly, was because the NBA season, they were back-to-back on one another coming out of the bubble. It, it, it can't be further from the truth. Michael Jordan played 81 ball games a year, every single season. Michael Jordan got hurt one time because he fell wrong early in his career and he broke his ankle. Other than that, make no mistake about it, okay? You need to play as much as you possibly can. All right, we're going to take a brief time out here. We're going to try to run down our friend Jerry DiNardo from the Big Ten Network. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Wait a minute. We're going to maybe uh, do a pause here on that, and we're getting working on Jerry DiNardo now to see if we could possibly end up getting him in. All right, let's just take a quick break here, and we'll try to get him on next here. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, 
go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio here. We're trying to effort our friend Jerry DiNardo from the Big Ten Network. By the way, bottom of the hour, we'll also talk to our friend Rick Doc Walker on the Washington team and get his perspective if they can repeat as NFC East champions. We'll put it all together here for you. No worries here. It's, it's live streaming, so you know where we are here. So it's all good. All right. You know, what's going to be really great, the National Football League has come out and said that all the teams are going to be able to have full houses this coming season, and I I just can't wait. You know, the NFL kind of got away with it. College football did not get away with it. You know, I think without a doubt, college football needs to have fans in the stands, and they need to have the pageantry that's involved with college sports. But then you look at the NFL, the NFL really, and I've said this to you before, the National Football League is a league that doesn't really get their income and their revenue when it comes to fans in the stands any longer. Now, now I'm not saying that they don't generate any kind of economic wealth when it comes to fans that show up to Jerry's World. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is that 90% of their operating budget comes from television. So the NFL prospers because of the economic money that they generate through that TV package that they have with the networks. That's where their money comes from. So not having fans in the stands, it hurt the look of the league and the presentation of the league. And now that you're going to be able to get fans back in the stands, you know what I, I, I love the most about, you know, and I've said this to you before, one of the greatest things on the planet when it comes to, you know, 
football Sundays and the things that fans love to do. You know, the barbecues, the tailgating, you know, the ability to go to bars and watch all these great games and get a chance to get together with your buddies and get a chance to go to those games. There's nothing like it, okay? You know, I've said this before. That's the stuff that really galvanizes communities. Anytime that you can go to a tail, tailgating to me is one of the funnest things to do. And if you've ever had an opportunity to be involved with some of these tailgate parties, especially with some of these notable franchises, I mean, like when you, when you tailgate at a New York Giants or a Pittsburgh Steeler or a Green Bay Packer or a Philadelphia Eagle or a Buccaneers, it's truly an experience. And these fans have built these great, great fan bases up because they all get together each and every single Sunday. I'm using Sundays. I know Thursdays and Mondays and sometimes Saturdays and all that. I get it. But having fans back in the stands is going to be such an enormous thing when it comes to this coming season. You know, it's also going to be a great sign and it's going to be a great release. Okay. It's just going to be a great release for everybody to be able to go and go to these games again. And I can't wait. Let's get over to our friend Jerry Donardo here. And we're going to talk a little Big Ten football here. Jerry, I appreciate you spending some time with us here, man. Thank you so much. Hey, it's you know what? It's live TV. And it's like, you know, getting getting people together here now on this like technology. It's always crazy. So I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Dan, I have to tell you, I apologize for having trouble getting through. We're in a flash flood warning. We're trying to drive from <laughs> I'm driving from Breckenridge, Colorado to Columbia, Missouri. And we are we are the, the the mother of all storms. So I think that may have had something to do with trying to get through. Well, if you need to start rowing away, I'll understand <laughs> if you start doing that. So I get it, man. I appreciate you doing this. I I, I before I brought you on, Jerry, I, I I said last year was a really contentious year for the Big Ten because of the stoppage, the starting, the late start. You know, we all debated whether or not Ohio State should be involved in a conversation for the national championship. What are your expectations coming out of that pandemic? Um, I would have to say, here, let me let me pollute the question a little bit here. Maybe they learned a lot about themselves, all these programs, as they move forward. How do you see it? You know, I, I, you know, I think all programs around the country probably learned a lot about themselves. You, you know, it was a, a really interesting year, aside from COVID-19. You know, you take Indiana, for example. Did anybody project them to be the second-best team in the East Division, Penn State having a losing record, Minnesota, you know, not living up to expectations. And, you know, Dan, I, I think all of that is is even more relevant as we go forward. I don't believe particularly it's going to be a strong year in the Big Ten. I think Ohio State's going to be the best team. I think Wisconsin, Iowa, I think the East might still be a little bit down. Uh, so... You know, we've been, I've been on the Big Ten Network. I think we're going into our 14th or 15th year. This may be the most interesting season of Big Ten football. Not the best year of Big Ten football, but maybe the most interesting. Let me ask you about Harbaugh in Michigan. You know what? And I, and I say this with due respect. You were coaching in the Big Ten, I believe, when Bo was in the Big Ten at Michigan. And I'll ask you this. You know, I, I don't ever remember Bo Schembechler winning a national championship at Michigan. Now, look, he had a winning record versus Woody in the 10-year war. We all know, I think it was 5-4-1, and one, whatever it was. And he beat Michigan that or Ohio State. That's the one thing 
that no question that Jim's not doing. But when you look at his win percentage compared to Bo's, are the expectations at Michigan just a little bit more loftier than the fan base than what they really think they are? Because, I mean, Jerry, that's not a national championship football program when you're talking about the elite teams every year, or am I wrong? No. In fact, you bring up a really interesting program, interesting point. Dan, there's a quote from Bo Schembecker. I have it in my notes, but like I said, I'm in the, I'm in a car here parked at a gas station. You, you know, he's, he would always say any coach that has a goal for a national championship in the Big Ten is a darn fool. The goal ought to be to go to the Rose Bowl. So culturally, down through the years, Michigan has never been a national championship or bust program. In fact, I'd suggest to you, Dan, that there's only one national championship or bust program in the Big Ten, and that's Ohio State. And, and so, so Jim, I think, knows that. Not that he doesn't want to win the national championship, but I don't think the fans have that expectation. In fact, I don't believe they've won a championship, to, a Big Ten championship since 2004, 2004. I think right now they would have a huge celebration for an Eastern Division title. And, and so that's a long way away from what Bo is doing and a long way away from what Ohio State has expectations of their coach. Coach, do you, do you agree that, you know, when you look um, at what's going on at Indiana right now, that it's not just going to be a one-year deal. It's going to be more of what they've laid some foundation work there for that football program to actually have some continued success. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree, and I would add to that. This is 10 years in the making, Dan. Kevin Wilson, who really started the program and then brought Tom Allen on as, as a defensive coordinator, so And I, obviously, I have history in Indiana. When I went there, I said it was going to be 10 years. Not that I expected them to give me 10 years, but I was trying to tell them that this program needs 10 years to get on solid ground. And sure enough, between Kevin Wilson and now I think Tom Allen, you know, Dan, Bill Mallory is the winningest football coach in Indiana history. He has 69 wins. And only about 30 of those are Big Ten wins. I, I suggest to you that Tom Allen will be the most successful winningest football coach in Indiana history. He's a perfect fit, and he's done a great job. But believe me, it's 10 years in the making. I have one last question for you here. I had Joe Montana on my national radio show a couple months ago, and I brought the movie up, Rudy. He started laughing, and he, he, he just started laughing at me, and I'm like, what, what, what are you laughing at? He goes, you don't really believe the movie was really the movie, do you? And I go like this. I go, yeah, I believe the movie was the movie. And he goes, he goes, I didn't even know the guy was on the team. And I was going like this. And I went, you were an All-American. I think your brother was also an All-American at Notre Dame. Um, give me the skinny on this thing. Is it more Hollywood or is it reality? You know, Dan, this is an incredible question. I have to tell you, because I get asked this question all the time, and it always starts with Joe Montana. So my experience, my experience was drastically different. Now, for a couple of reasons. Now, one, I was friends with Rudy. Okay, it was so. Aside from football, I knew him outside of football. I knew him before he was ever on the team. The second thing that separates Joe and my experience is I wasn't there when Rudy played in the game. So, the first half of the movie about him waiting to hear from Holy Cross from him being a total pain in the butt on the scout team, all that kind of goofy stuff. He, As I remember, he lived in the, in the ACC, the, the 
the convocation center, not in the stadium. So the first half of the movie, to me, was pretty accurate. Joe's experience was when he played in the game, and I wasn't there for that. So it's just funny that, you know, again, we we both get, to, Joe and I both get the questions because we were there when Rudy was there, but our answers are drastically different. And I have to tell you, I believe both are true. When Joe says he didn't know he was on a team, I believe Joe. But I knew him before he was in the university. He was at Holy Cross when I knew him. So anyway, I, ho- I hope that it's, <laughs> that's been my experience. <laughs> yeah. hey. it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny story for sure. It, well, for sure it is. And you were there during some of the greatest winning times uh, during Notre Dame's time there under Coach Parsegian. Jerry, thank you so much. And make sure you use your oars out there, all right? <laughs> Uh, again, I apologize for the difficulty. It's all good. Together. I appreciate you having me, though, Dan. Thank you. You got it. Jerry DiNardo there played at Notre Dame, too, back in the day. And always asked that movie. Yeah, when I asked Joe Montana the question about Rudy, he went, who? <laughs> all right. Let me switch and go over to my friend Rick Doc Walker here. And I love Doc, man. You talk about a guy who's been around covering the Washington team and all of the history that goes with it. Played back in the day with the Washington Redskins, obviously. Now they've changed their name to the Washington team. And last year's NFC East champions, part of the broadcast team. He joins us now here on the National Football Show. How you doing, Doc? I'm doing good, man. It's really good. It's been hot out here. Got a chance to get wet this <laughs> afternoon. Been pulling weeds, man, for a week. And uh, that's <laughs> my thing, to go out and tear up weeds. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see this now. Is Washington going to tear up the NFC East this coming season again? I mean, I'll tell you, Doc, I really loved what they did on defense. And, you know, through all the turmoil that was going on, maybe from the outside in the front office there, they put some pretty good, talented people on that defensive side of the football team. And I've said this to everybody. I the two teams that got the best chance to win that division are the two teams that have the best defense. That's the Giants. And Washington, how do you see this coming year, 2021? Well, Dan, I think it's really important. I base everything, first of all, starts with the offensive line. And uh, and so there's going to be some maneuvering there. I think they've got some great prospects to fill in some holes, but you lose Morgan Moses, who's been a staple at the right tackle uh, position. And now they drafted well. They've got people there. The Bears have been great. They've given us guys that still end up starting – one thing I'll say about Ron Rivera's staff, they're a great teaching staff. You know, in the NFL, the biggest um, misnomer is that you got to get better when you get there. And oftentimes, a lot of staffs around the league are buddies of the head coach. That doesn't mean they're good at what they do. You can always tell the teams like Washington that closed strong, guys got better, cast off from one team, become starters for yours. Draft picks come in, hit the ground running. Guy like Cameron Curl at the safety position. You get people that other people didn't have a fit for, and you coach them up. Just because you're drafted high means nothing in this league. You got to be able to be taught, retain your information, and then you got to stay out of trouble. And they've done a great job with that. Jack Del Rio on the defensive side, the offensive line. I'm really excited about the possibilities. But until I see it done against the Chargers, then it's just a speculation because last time this team played, they played the eventual world champions and they had no chance to win the game. So that shows you where you are. If you're realistic. Now, a lot of people around here say, Oh, they did a great job. They got dump trucked. Okay. And so that you look at that, it's your barometer. Now, how, how much better do you want to be? You got to get your defensive ends to get pressure on the quarterback. They had none. 
against Tom Brady. So that's a good barometer. I think they'll pick up from that. So we got to wait and see. Doc, um, a question because I got a lot of friends that are in Pittsburgh, uh, Dwayne Haskins. And I've said this about Dwayne. And I, I, I've said this to people about my career. I got to the NFL. I was not a very mature guy. Being a professional is also part of the equation in your development as a professional athlete. So I always say this to people. Part of my failure was not me being a professional and understanding where I needed to be, following guys like Ed Tuttle Jones once I got to the Cowboys and seeing guys with a routine and understanding. I've always said this about Dwayne. I thought he was a green apple on the tree that didn't get a chance to ripen when he was at Ohio State. Maybe needed another year. And him going to Pittsburgh is probably one of the better places that he could have went to because he's going to be put on blast if he doesn't do the things that it takes to be a professional by Mike Tomlin. Am, am I right with the assessment on what I see with Dwayne Haskins? Well, you're a pro. You nailed it. <clears throat> the, the biggest, again, what you do in college is great for college. 50 T, that's great. But you got to look at who you had around you. That's why I'm always leery when guys come out of powerhouse programs, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. I really don't know how good they are until I see them, you know, they, they're marginalized. Now they got to be with the rest of us. Because when you come to, it's like a gang fight. They all come, they're loaded, they got AKs. You got a butter knife, okay, because <laughs> they're packed. I don't know if you're good or not. So I got to see what you do when you get there. Dwayne was immature, okay? If you do your due diligence, you should have known that out of Ohio State. So I don't like a rookie. I don't like a quarterback this young unless I've got some seasoned staff members or a guy on this team that can put him under his wing. That's what happened down in Miami. And that's why I like our guy, uh, you know, here, experience, but also no ego. You know NFL locker rooms. You got If, if I'm going to help a guy develop, I got to drop my ego. But yet everybody on my team, I want them to all want to be starters. I don't want anybody that wants to be a backup. So it's the level of competition, new staff. Well, Gruden and them, they that wasn't their choice. So the mistake starts in the beginning. Now I'm trying to make up for something I don't believe in my heart. That's an organizational spoof. Well, they've cleaned that up. I think Dwayne will be fine. Got all the talent in the world. Now is he going to work for it? And down there with Tomlin and the structure of the Stillers. You got no other choice, brother. You got no other choice. Could be a great turnaround story. He wouldn't be the first, but it's the whole thing about this league. What you did in college, that's great for the old college. It means nothing when you come to this next level. Absolutely. I think it's he'll be put on blast there with Coach Tomlin if he's not front and center doing the right things. Let me you you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what I love about it too, Doc, is that you know, every time and every place I've heard him stop at teammates automatically gravitate to the guy because this guy becomes a great team. And I've said this before about Tom Brady. I think Brady's greatest asset. He's maybe one of the greatest teammates of all time because people get galvanized around him. He wants to know everybody's personal relationships that he can foster with them. So if he has to be critical with them, it's not coming off as being, you know, destructive, but constructive. And so that's what I'm hearing, what's going on in Washington. And I would even make this point, as you guys look for that maybe apparent guy down the road, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick is the perfect quarterback for Washington at this time right now as you're going through that because he's going to put stability at that position. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. And Heineke is the kind of guy, 
And Alan, you want guys that are pushing you. I don't want a guy on my team that's not being pushed. You know, it's a genuine respect when I know you can play. I know you can help me make money. Well, this come in, this is a financial agreement. Every guy out there has got to be linked to say, hey, I'm going to help you build that deck. I'm gonna, I know you want a pool. I'm going to help you get that pool. That's our relationship. I'm not going to let you get wasted on the road. I'm protecting you because we are partners. This is a partnership. I don't care who scores as long as we score. You know, and, and that's what this guy represents now. But I want him to be pushed. Ron Rivera mentioned that it may be. It should be, all be a competition. For a team that hasn't won, won seven games, it should be wide open. But we want to, they want to anoint people. We got all these, quote, players of the year. I don't know where they are. I haven't seen it, but maybe it'll come about. I, I, you, what you do on game day proves what you did. And then the team's got to get there. I've been 0 5 in this league with Joe Gibbs the first year. You can talk all you want. Nobody knew Joe other than insiders. But Joe's pedigree from Florida State to University of Southern California, you know, he'd been around winners. He's around a genius in Air Coriel down in San Diego. And what I love about Joe is that he brought in and looked at us and said, oh, my goodness, you know, I got F troop. You know, he just had all those stars out in San Diego. So he converted his concepts to fit our skill set. And as a result, the rest is history. That's coaching and development. So now I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Coach Turner as an offensive coordinator and say, now this is the time for him to adapt what he believes in. And his old man, oh, he was, Norv was a monster. Okay, love him to death. But that was Norv. Now Scott's got to do his thing. And he's got to get the people that can give him what he needs. And then if it doesn't work, got to swallow that pride and adjust to their skill sets. I think that's what we'll see this season. Doc, I'm going to get Doug Williams on tomorrow. It's funny you should say um, he told me a story about Joe Gibbs. And tell me if you know this story. He's like, okay. you know, there was, you know, he, he he had knocked around the the USFL a little bit in, you know, Hugh Culverhouse. And I'll say this here. Maybe you disagree. Hugh Culverhouse had racist tendencies. And when his wife died, he offered him a lesser contract. And I always told, you know, Doug, I go, Doug, he offered you a lesser contract. He said, yeah, I couldn't be making more than Leroy Solomon. And I'm like, but you're a quarterback. And he's like, yeah, I just couldn't go. That's why I went to the USFL. So, you know, I knocked around there. Then I get to Washington. And, you know, it was it, I was just on the team, and the Raiders wanted to make a trade for me. That's and true. he goes like this. He's like, yeah. And he goes, I'm all jacked up. Al Davis wanted me. And all of a sudden, Joe Gibbs just comes to him and says, you know what, Doug? I'm not going to trade you. And Doug's like, what? He was all like had his heart set on being traded. He was going to be a Raider. He was going to get a chance to start. He goes, because you know what, man? One day this year, I don't know when it's going to be. We're going to need you. And we're going to need you to win a ball game. And we're going to need you maybe to win a couple ball games. And he goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Is that a true story? Absolutely true. And what Joe told him was that, you know, either it was a dream. It was something that. Joe said it came to him that Doug Williams was going to be the answer. And, and Doug has the best temperament of any athlete of prestige I've ever met. I That's love the for guy. Sure. I love the guy. And uh, he's not been dealt a, a fair deck, in my opinion, Correct. Uh, based on what I think he really wanted to do and what he wanted to be. But Correct. it's not over. But i tell you what he is. He's a guy, man, you know you can win with. 
And I, I was covering the team at the time. I've never seen an entire team. You know this league. A lot of times it's divided by race. Where, one, where guys go for happy hour. Seldom is it all together. I'll tell you what. This guy controlled the entire locker room as a backup. Everybody knew this is the guy. And it was just going to be a matter of time. And because he's got grace under pressure. And he's not a complainer. This guy came in, and when he was injured in that game, and he Kyoki Kamal came to him, he said, don't touch me. And he got up on his own. He said he knew then. He could hear Eddie Robinson in his brain saying, boy, it ain't over. It ain't over. Go get it. And the rest is history. This guy's an asset, and he's an asset being in the building. And so whatever they have him doing, they're better off that he's in the building. And uh, you'll see tomorrow when you get him on, man, this is a slice of life. No, I, I'm, I'm dear friends with him, and I love him yeah. to death. And, yeah. you know, just so just to expand on what you said, Doc, you know, I'll never forget he comes to me and he goes like this. He goes, they're not going to give me the USF job. I think he was up for a Kentucky job too. And I said to him, I go, God, I go, because you're black? And he goes, well, he goes, how come I can only coach at Grambling? And I'm like, I go, Doug, do you understand if Doug Williams calls me, me an Italian kid, I'm going to pick the phone up and go, I want to play for that guy. He is such a marvelous man. I'm so happy to hear that you've had the same experiences with him. I've oh, never yeah. seen a man in my life, Doc. Doc, I asked him the question when five seconds was ticking off the clock and you knew you were going to be the Super Bowl MVP. Did you want to? Did you think about all the crap that went on in Tampa? He goes, no. I thought about all the people that helped me get to where I was and all the people that – the shoulders that I'm standing on now. And I'm like, man, I, I, I would have an ax to grind, not him. Well, he's better than we are. I mean, yes. Joe Gibbs went and scouted him. Joe Gibbs went, he was teaching high school history class. And Joe went, said, and that's the thing about Joe Gibbs. When you connect with coach, you know it's for the right reasons. And I've never seen a guy better with circles than Joe Jackson Gibbs. His concepts, because he adapts what he liked to get done based on what he knows you can do. And he's not going to put you in a position to where you won't be favorable. And there have been a lot of great coaches like that. I mean, hell, John McKay was a great coach. And what he did, build a dynasty at Southern Cal, went down there. And I, I, I love those uh, the icicle, um, the uniforms. And when Doug there, I think it was the Eagle playoff game. I've never been – there it is. Cream Leroy Selman. See Cream, this one right Creamsicle. here? Leroy Selman. Look at Leroy hey, signed it for me. That's awesome. That Eagle playoff game, I was like a kid in the candy shop, man, pulling for Douglas. At the guy just, he overcomes it. He gets it done. Tampa, the culture, it was probably, he should have been the first player taken in the draft. But just think about it. We're talking mid-70s, yeah. and we couldn't get over that. And now if you look at our country and the obstacles, we're still trying to get over. Similar hurdles here in 2021. Slow. But steady is a progress, and it takes character guys to withstand it. And, um, you know, he's just simply, as Coach Thompson used to say, he's simply one of the best. And I just hope that he's not done with the football side of it because I really believe he's got a burning desire to be involved in football, and I sure hope he gets that. Two last questions for you, Doc. Sure, take your time. You, you, you mentioned 
you mentioned uh, Ron Rivera a couple minutes ago. I love Riverboat Ron, and you know I knew him when he was in as a player. Obviously, I played in the league as well. We were in the NFC Central Division, and he was still playing. And then he became a coordinator with the Chargers when I was covering the Chargers. And I always thought he had a fabulous mind on being a defensive coordinator. What's the difference? And, and, and I'm friends with Jay Gruden too. And so, not to throw any shade on Jay, yeah. but what's yeah. the difference? What's the difference you think that Ron has brought to Washington? Uh, you know, that change because you you saw it drastically on the field. It looked like there was more accountability. Am I wrong when I say that last year? No, no, it was. And, and Jay's a brilliant mind. I mean, I covered Jay in, in arena football. And um, and, and now he played, player coach, won. He understands the game. He communicates extremely well, you know, with his players. He needed Iron Man over him. See, when you get a guy like Jay, you got to have an SOB. That's over. <laughs> that's you know right. what I mean? He, no, he needs yeah. that. He, he's got to have a guy nobody likes that's <laughs> over him because everybody's going to love him. He's going to be the right guy for the room, and he understands how to deal with it. Um, and I think I, I always thought Jay on the collegiate level would be unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just I think the guy has a great talent, but you need an organization to win. You, you really do. And uh, so they're, they're doing a blowout sale here now trying to change it. And what Ron was able to do in the midst of battling cancer because he was given the authority. See, I don't care what your title is. If you don't have the power to do things, yeah, I mean, you, you, yep. you're not going to win. And in this league, as you well know, it masks power. A lot of guys have position to have no power. And guys know. See, they make a hell of a lot more money than we ever got close to. See, I don't know this league of playing with millionaires. The guy made 300 grand, I think it was the most anybody played, and we won championships. Okay, that's the worst guy in the league now gets 400,000. Yeah. So <laughs> you got to be really now Belichickian in terms of how you approach these guys because they have means. And you got to make them do exactly what you want them to do until they figure it out that it's their team and then take pride in representing that. And if you let them go on their own, you got no chance. You just there's just too many things to do now when you have where wherewithal, money, and these guys don't get it. Developing a team, as you well know, is the single hardest thing going. You can have great players, but to have a great team, you got to have guys that are selfless, and they, and they got to love each other. I mean, that is a bond, as you well know. You can't explain it to people, but it's got to be something that where I'm next to Joe Jacoby, I'm next to George Stark. We got a guy who takes the outside. I got to be there for him. If he's expecting me to be there, I got to be there or die trying. And how do you get that in today's culture? You know, and then social media. We didn't have social media. Can you imagine we had social media? Dogs? <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't, I can't imagine what it would have been all the way across the board. So there's a lot going on now. And so they got psychologists. Now there's only four to 32 teams that have them. They all ought to have them. You know, it's big, large people. We hurt. We have issues. And we don't also, we mask them because everybody's trying to be El Macho. But you got to be able to connect. And that's why, to me, the most important thing Joe Gibbs told us in 1980 was that he asked Jack King Cook for 12 guys. He got all 12. That's the staff. And you got to be on one accord, man. And you got to be teachers. People have to get better. And this whole version of backups, I've never bought into that. We're 53 strong or we're in trouble. 
because you can't control injuries. And next guy up has got to be able to step in and get it going, or we'll never win. Absolutely. Doc, my my coach is Jimmy Johnson, and both Stud. college and pros. Stud. And I'll never forget, man, Jimmy goes like this, hey, I'm going to treat everybody different, but I'll tell you what, I'll treat you all like men. And we're going to be honest with one another in the room here. This is what you have to do to be on this team. This is what you have to do to be great. And, you know, a lot of people don't like to be put on blast like that. You know, we're talking about Mike Tomlin and Joe Gibbs. Yeah. You know, I always thought this, the most successful coaches, Doc, were the ones that were the most honest with you. And the ones that BSed you were the ones that were out of the league, just like players. You know what I mean? I mean, players and coaches kind of have the same kind of dynamic that, hey, if you're BSing yourself on not showing up the facility and putting the extra work in, you're never going to last in that league. I learned that when I was around Ed Jones, Doc. You know, I, I didn't like I told you earlier, I didn't know how to be a pro early when I was drafted by the Bucks. I get to the Cowboys, and there's Ed Tutal Jones, who you played against, I'm sure. And I'm sitting there going like too this. Too much. Yeah, too much, too tall. And I'm sitting there watching Ed show up at Thousand Oaks, and he had a routine, showed up at the same exact time, got his ankles taped, worked out, showed up to films, went, got his meal, went to bed did everything. And I asked him, I go, he goes, I've been doing that routine for 17 years. And I said, every day, he goes, every day. And every day it's given me an opportunity to show up the next day into a, an NFL locker room. And, you know, you're just told that because of Coach Landry and coaches like Coach Gibbs and Landry. So I, I, I love to hear that Riverboat Ron is bringing that to Washington. Last question for you, Chase Young. Um, how great is the kid? You know, I see him from afar. I saw him at Ohio State. Just your thoughts of what you've seen with him in the first year. He looked like he was dynamic. He, well, he had a groin injury that kind of set him back. from get, I think he would have been a double-ditch uh, sack guy, but he didn't get there because of the injury. Plays hard. First thing I want out of my quote, potential star, because to me it's potential. Till you do it, it's potential. Correct. Works hard. He's in condition. A lot of guys in this league aren't in shape. He's in condition. He gets it. Now he just got to do it. You know, and now um, he's a captain to them. He um, went through this OTAs, this thing. The league is crazy. Either it's mandatory or it's not. But when you got two guys that don't show up and one guy lives in town, it raised my eyebrow. I'm, dude, just show up. You ain't got to yeah. do nothing. Right. But so I want to know now. We're going to see. The last time we saw him, it was against Tampa Bay, and they didn't double him. So all this great, well, you got to show it. Okay, the potential is there. But who's not talented? Who doesn't have potential? Sweat, the other guy, might have the highest upside of any guy I've ever seen. This guy could be a freak of all freaks, but we got to see it. Now he's got a COVID issue. He doesn't believe in the vaccine, which I respect. But how are they going to deal with that? Are you going to quarantine him? What's going to happen? So these are things that you and I both know are counter to teamwork. For us to get where we got to go, we got to all be pulling the oar at the same time in the same motion. And right now they got guys going a little bit different direction. So I'm going to wait and see. I'm a guy, All I focus on the Chargers. I don't care what they do. If it doesn't help them beat the Chargers, it's a waste of time. So, And they got to go to camp. We got to figure out who's going to be where. And I'm a guy that believes in who's backing up those two guys. They got a kid. Uh, out of Penn State, they got another kid out of Oklahoma State. See, I, I I love guys from the fifth, seventh round. I want somebody to come in hungry. 
The last thing I want to hear about a guy just got two million. And I don't care about that. I'm looking for the guy that has the Uber to camp or is the Uber to come in. See, because that's how you win. And you know it. And I know I need junkyard dogs. I don't need guys to rose bowl. That's college. Don't mean squat. I want to know some guys that are hungry. And I haven't seen enough of that. As I see that, it'll pick up. But the kid out of Kentucky at linebacker, love him. Because I love anybody that had to go against LSU, Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Those are guys I want. I want to see guys who had to deal with that. And he dealt with that. See, because I can see him. So if the guy stays healthy and the linebacker position picks up and we get those big hogs up front to get more pressure and to stop the run, we got gutted against Tampa right down the middle. So I don't want to hear about how great they are. I want to see how great they are against the Chargers. Doc, you like people in that locker room that have built equity up, don't you? You yes. don't like to hear – you don't yeah. want to hear anybody about accolades and press clippings and any of that stuff. You don't mean, you have what does to it build, mean? You have to build equity up in your locker room first before you can start. Say you want to do something maybe off script. You have to have equity in the locker room, correct? Listen, guy like Warren Sapp, love Warren. Hey, Warren, what you need? When you're going to be I, – I, I don't worry about him because I know when that ball snapped, he, I don't have to worry about him. I don't care what he did the night before. I don't get worried with that. Those are rare birds, man. Everybody else, rank and file, check in, do your thing, and make sure you and the strength and conditioning coach are like this. You know, because that's where it's all won and lost, man. You build championships, as you well know, in the offseason. You know, you build them like right now. Somebody's in Cabo. Somebody's in the weight room. You know, somebody – this is what this league's about. Now they got a lot of this. So we're going to find out how bad do you want it, Dan. And that's what I'm waiting to see with this group. I mentioned Cameron Curl by name. That's the kind of guy I'm looking for. And, and because he's a junkyard dog. They got a receiver, uh, McCorn, out of Ohio State. You wouldn't even know he's in the room. Kid came, he said, hey, play special teams. He wants to do it all. Might be one of the best wideouts in the league. You never hear a peep out of it. Shows up, plays hurt, does it. He's a component to a championship. Now they just got to get about a dozen of those guys. And until I see it, I don't believe it. Tell you what, Doc, I've enjoyed it. I'm sorry I kept you on this long. I, I love no, talking man. with you. I hope we can yeah. do this again because I just love your passion and I love the fact you're right. You know, I don't care what you did in college, where you came from, man. It's like what you do once you get into that building. And I tell everybody, and Doc, I come I come from a place of being the 56 player taken and taking that for granted. And seeing another guy that was a later draft choice go on and do more. And everyone asks me, why did you fail? And I always do this because I wasn't professional enough. And that's on me. Nobody yeah. else. It's right. on me. Right. I still had a seven-year career, but still, yeah. I'm like this. That's on me, my failures, because you're only accountable for yourself, and I love yeah. talking to you. Doc, we got to do it again, yeah. man. Hope we, we can. We brother, but you're winning, though. See, you're still in the game. Yes. You know how many guys are waiting on a check to come from something they did 20 years ago? Right. Man, it's a dead mindset. It's about now, man. You got to be hungry. They don't owe us anything. We went through it. It was a good ride. I still got to eat. <laughs> so that's my deal, man. That don't feed me. I got to eat. So I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And, and that's the guys I look for. And I can look at it. I, I can't tell you how it's going to be. I have to see practice. I got to see how they train. You know, the strength and conditioning guys. I got to talk to trainers. 
Who's coming in and getting their work? Who's bypassing it? And when I hear guys talking about the club, I just drop my head. Son, do you realize how much you can club as a champion? When you walk in there with hardware, you all got no hardware. You know what I'm saying? It's the same. I love the attitude of the U. I love the barbaric approach to the offseason of the U. I, I pull for them to come back. Thank because you. Because the mind, it's a Neanderthal mindset. And all the guys I got to play with, I mean, the Santana Moss, the Portis, these guys, I love them because they're all gamers. They're gamers. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Oh, man. Sean, well, that was a freak of nature. He ran. I saw him run to practice, jog, ride bikes to practice. I never seen nothing like it. I called him the tarantula. It was my. I loved covering this team with this guy because he had it. He got it. Seldom do we see greatness on that level. You play with a lot of great guys, you know. And I know a lot of them. Thrill Hill, Dorsett, my boy Ron. I played with Jerome. I played. I played with Jerome Brown. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I loved him. I mean, I look at guys, I go, play away. People say, what do you want to see when you see the guy? I want to see play away. When the ball goes on the other side, what oh, yeah. do you do? Yeah, see. Pursuit. I, pursuit. <laughs> LT is the best I ever came in contact with. Everybody, how was he like? You couldn't get him play away. Yeah, coming on, yeah, he was the greatest. But I'm going to tell you what, the motor this guy played with is unconscionable. And he had the money, he had all that. But he played like a free agent. He played yeah. like a guy trying to make the team. That's the kind of guy that I'm looking for, and a staff has to generate that. This staff has the potential to do it. Now we just got to wait and see. Doc, I appreciate it, man. This has been a lot of fun, man. I I have had you on years and years ago, but my God almighty, Not man, I see you. why you were a radio legend there in D.C. Man, you're just absolutely bringing it, and I really appreciate it. I want to do it again. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate you it. Anytime, Thank brother. you, brother. You got it, Thank my brother. You. I appreciate it, man. Hey, Love give Doug my best. And, and ask Doug. Say, Doug, uh, Doc had a couple of stories about you. Watch it. He's going to get nervous. Just hit him with that, yeah. <laughs> I definitely will. Doc, thank you right, so man. much, my friend. You got it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.